just celebrate. Come on. The word of the Lord will never be shaken. Let's stand. Let's stand tall today, church, on the solid rock of Jesus. As we sing about the cross, he is worthy. He was my cross. He was my cross, he bore so I could live in the freedom you died for. And now, and now my life is yours, and I will sing of your goodness forevermore. Every voice we lifted up, we say, Worthy. Worthy is your name, Jesus. Sing that. Worthy is your name, Jesus. Sing it right to him. You deserve praise, and worthy is your name. Oh, oh, oh. My heart is steadfast, God, and I will make music to you. I will sing to you. Second verse, and now my shame is gone. My shame is gone. I stand amazed in your love, undeniable. Oh, your grace, your grace goes on and on, and I will sing of your goodness. our hands the psalmist says be exalted in the heavens it says be exalted on the earth and we are here God to exalt you to lift you high we're not here for ourselves but to minister to you and you alone on the throne of our lives on the throne of heaven be exalted Jesus let's sing that be exalted now in the heavens as you glory is this place right here you alone deserve our praise you're the name above all names be exalted now in the heavens right now as your glory fills this place you alone deserve our praise you are the name name above all we sing it again be exalted Oh, no. 
just tell him now Worthy, worthy, worthy you are Oh my God Worthy, worthy, worthy Just look to him, fix your eyes on him There's no other There's no greater reason to worship The simple fact that he is worthy This is our king Exalted in the heavens, exalted on the earth your church sing it out oh you are worthy worthy is the lamb worthy is the lamb oh oh we give you highest praise strongest praise jesus beautiful lamb you're the testimony and I'm gonna tell it. I'm not ashamed of where I've come from. For there is power in the gospel and I felt it. 
from the moment that I heard that good news. Oh, it was good news. I've been set free and I know the truth. I've got a testimony and I'm gonna tell it. Is that true of anybody in the room this morning? That's right. That he found me. Come on, man. He held me. He loves me. He picked me up. He healed me. He restored me. And he changed me from the inside out. He raised me and he gave me his spirit and his name when he saved me. <laughs> That's what she
As we come to give to the Lord of our tithes and offerings, a quick story. My son Wilson is 14, and this year he has grown seven and a half inches. And we cannot feed him fast enough. He's just voracious. Everywhere he goes, he's just thinking in calories. And, and so every day at three o'clock, we pick him up from school. And here's what happens. They, they get out the door at six. They go to school all day. Three o'clock, Lisa picks him up or I pick him up. And for like five minutes, he turns into Lucifer. He just, he gets in the car and he's been pent up all this energy. And, all. and what we discovered is the boy is hungry. And so we'll be driving by Chick-fil-A up, you know, Northgate or whatever, own, you know, operated by a new life or God bless them. Yes, Jesus bless them. Anyway, go by and, and Wilson's like, I need 30 nuggets. And so he goes in and he buys a 30 nugget thing. So Lisa just said, we got to change something. Something's wrong with our system. So she brought our kids together. We had a family meeting. She said, you know, every day at three o'clock, you're going to be voraciously hungry. It happens every day. So we're not surprised, right? So you need to plan better in the morning for three o'clock. So I want you to put some trail mix in your bag, some dried fruit. I don't care what it is, a Slim Jim, step into it, do whatever you need for three o'clock where you aren't breaking down. We need to plan better. And then we're gonna give you $20 a week that you just get to blow on whatever food you need after school. So you get to budget it. So we're not gonna do this madness anymore. And so Wilson went in and bought 30 count nugget. He came back to the car. He goes, I need 16 cents. It's $20 and 16 cents. I wasn't prepared. So we gave him a quarter and he devoured 30 pieces of nuggets. Why am I telling you all this? Today, I want to say to you as a congregation, thank you for planning your generosity. Thank you for not letting it sneak up on you. Thank you for being the people that have budgeted to be a part of the body of Christ, to be a part of the mission of God in Colorado Springs, to be a part of the mission of God around the world with our global partners. We know that it's going to come around on a monthly basis. And we as a church have made plans for it. We've budgeted it in. And I'm telling you that the work of God that we're doing matters and you all are making it possible. So there's a lot that could be said at offering time today. I want to say to you, thank you for not letting your generosity sneak up on you and thank you for budgeting it in and it's going to the ends of the earth to do good work can we say amen today as a church thank you thank you thank you thank you we do not take it for granted as we come to give today I want to pray blessing over you over your life over your family over your work over your health would you open your hands today to receive the blessing Lord I speak blessing over this congregation Psalm 1 says, the righteous, whatever they touch, it will prosper. And I pray for their work this week to prosper. I pray for their relationships this week to prosper. I pray for their health this week to prosper. I pray, Lord, that everything that concerns them is being addressed by you. And Lord, see a people today who have covenanted with you. Find a people today that we are trying to be your people. We are trying to sign back up. And I pray, Lord, as we give our gifts today, that the heavens would be opened over this congregation. And I pray that you friends would lack nothing, that you would have all of your needs met according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. I pray these things today in Jesus name and all God's people said, there's four different ways you can give that's up on the screen. Let's continue to worship today as we give. We sing with everything. Let's give thanks with everything for Oh, thank you, Jesus. Come on, everything. Let's give thanks to the Lord. Everything. 
For he is good and his love endures forever. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. church. It's so good to gather here. It's important that we gather here. I was reading this week from a theologian, Jesuit priest, Daniel Berengen, I think it is, who said, faith, he was asked about faith. Is it, is, is it in your head? Is it in your heart? He said, it's neither. It's, he said this, he said, it's, it's where your butt is. Faith is where your butt is. It's where you put your body. First service, I said that, and mom told me later that her little son just said, he said, butt. I recognize I said that. Forgive me. But it matters where we put ourselves and it matters that we show the world that we're willing to show up for the things that we love and show up for Jesus. And this gathering means something, amen? It's just different, it's defiant and I love it. Friends, we got Pastor Brady Boyd gonna open the scriptures to us today. Give it up for him. Until then, would you greet one another in the name of the Lord Jesus and we'll move on, grace and peace. Good morning, I'm Becky. We're so glad you're here with us today at New Life North. My name is Briggs. If you're new here and you're wondering what ministries New Life Church offers, you can scan the QR code or click the link below. And if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, be sure and make a comment and let us know where you're watching from. Yes, grab your Bible, grab a pen, grab a notebook, grab your favorite coffee. It's time to lean in and hear an amazing message. Well, today, Veterans Day, as we do every year, we remember those who were called upon to give all a person can give. And we remember those who were prepared to make that sacrifice if it were demanded of them in the line of duty. Most of all, we remember the devotion and gallantry with which all of them ennobled their nation as they became champions of a noble cause. Our liberties, our values, all for which America stands, is safe today because brave men and women have been ready to face the fire at freedom's front and we thank god for them Hi, happy veterans day weekend i want if you served in any branch of the military would you just please stand right now let us honor you say thank you for the way you served Yep. Thank you so very much for your sacrifice. And I also want to say to the spouses and to the families, can we honor them for their sacrifice for our 
coming alongside people. I mean that I have deep respect for people who serve with character and dignity and the discipline that it takes to do that job. I just have such respect for you and, and we are the beneficiaries of your service. So thank you so much. I don't know if you know this, but in, over in the World Prayer Center, we have a military prayer room and every single person who is deployed in our congregation, their, their photo is on the wall and we pray over people who have been deployed uh, all, all through the week. So if, you're, if you're, uh, one of your family members has been deployed, let us know, get us a photo over there, and you'll have people praying for them by name on a regular basis. We know how difficult that is. So thank you again, happy Veterans Day weekend. <clears throat> I wanna apologize for my voice. I'm still getting over the, uh, the mother of all colds that uh, hit me about two weeks ago. I'm actually feel, I feel really good. I just still don't sound really good, so I apologize for that in advance. But I, I'm so excited about being here. I want to tell you, uh, in, in a couple of weeks, in about a month, on Sunday, December 3rd, we're going to really have, in my opinion, a, a historic moment in the life of our church. I want to take you back to 16 years ago when I became your pastor. Some, some people asked me, said, Pastor Brady, why, do we, why is this debt why do we need to get rid of it? Why is it important at this moment? 16 years ago, when I became your pastor, I came here on the heels of a, a scandal that was on the front page of every newspaper. It was, it was embarrassing, it was awful, it was, it, was, uh, it was just broken-hearted church is what I found. So I came here with my kids. Abram was eight years old, Callie was six. <clears throat> They're now 23 and 25. And by the way, Callie has her birthday this week. She'll turn 23 years old. And, so my kids have grown up here. And I came here with uh, a lot of heaviness, weightiness in the church already. And then as you know, on my 100th day as senior pastor, we had a violent act here on our campus where two of our teenage girls lost their lives in the parking lot of our church as a result of that violence. And it was devastating. I remember I was telling, the reason I'm telling you this story again is I was telling this story this past week to a group of pastors who came into town and spent a couple of days with me, eight or nine pastors, and they were asking me to tell the story. They were fascinated by how new life has even, does, hasn't even exist today. And I said, I'm, I'm as surprised as you are that we are not a big giant used car lot, quite honestly. And I said, I'll never forget that Sunday night after the shooting had happened, there was this massive news conference up on the uh, on the north side of our property and it, it had snowed that day and I forgot my jacket because uh, you know, I moved here from Texas and I didn't know any better, so I didn't have a coat. And I, I was cold and I was waiting on this thing to start and Daniel Grothy and I were in the back seat of a police car and that was Daniel's first time in the back seat of a police car, it was not mine. <laughs> <clears throat> but we, <laughs> we were both completely innocent that night. And uh, <clears throat> it was a very, very kind police officer said, hey, just sit in my car where it's warm until it's time to talk to the media. So we're sitting in the back seat of that police car and I leaned over to Daniel and I said, maybe this is why I was called to New Life Church. Now remember, it's my 100th day here. I've been here three months. And I said, maybe this is why I'm here, Daniel, to be a hospice pastor, to give a once great church an honorable death. Because I just did not see any way out from a shooting and a scandal. I just didn't see any way that our church would ever thrive and, and survive and go forward after that. I just did not see the path forward. 
And as you know, here we are 16 years later. And, and, and to, 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 to couple that, we had $26 million of debt staring me in the face, us in the face. And I just didn't see how uh, that we could keep paying $155,000 a month mortgage payments after a scandal and violence had swept across our congregation. I had some really well-known church leaders around the country. They were trying to encourage me, but they said, Pastor Brady, we don't know of a church in American history that has survived two such episodes. In other words, keep your resume uh, handy, keep it up to date, because you're probably going to need it, is what they were telling me. And here we are. 16 years later, we're down to $1.9 million of debt. <clears throat> In the past seven months, we've baptized over 600 people. That, that's never happened. That's a miracle. We've gone back through all the records of the church. We're, our church is 38 years old, and never in the 38-year history of the church have we baptized that many people in that short a time. Now, that says a lot of things. Number one, thank you for inviting your friends and family. Thank you for praying with me for people who don't know Christ. Thank you for making that a part of your mission. It is our mission. It is the Great Commission, right? And thank you for believing in the Great Commission. And, and thank you also for staying steady. In fact, if you, how many of you in the room were here 16 years ago when I became your pastor? Raise your hand if you've been here with me for 16 years. Thank you so very much. <clears throat> There's about 20 of you. And, uh, and the rest of you came later. So thank you for showing back up and staying steady. And thank you for being faithful to New Life Church. And this is, listen, I, I trust the Lord with this place. I trust the Lord. I'm, uh, I'm an interim pastor here. This place, will be gone. this place will thrive and flourish long after I'm gone. It was thriving and flourishing before I got here. The Lord's hand is on this place. But the reason I'm, I'm, I feel called, compelled to be debt-free is I believe our church is uniquely positioned, along with other churches in our city, to be salt and light right now in a way that the, the world so desperately needs it. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but the world's kind of falling apart out, out there. And when you come to church, this is the one place where steadfastness, stability, health, where we can come and find a predictable presence of the Lord. And, and, and that's what I want for you. I want to come into this place knowing that this is a safe place, a secure place, a place where we can welcome each other, love each other, and find the presence of God, find healing for our souls, find strength for the work that we're doing, find companionship, friendship, connection, community. Those are all things that I pray over every single day over you. And so on December 3rd, we're going to make history. We're going to pay this debt off. And we're going to really empower ourselves to do more work in the city and around the world. That was all free of charge, by the way. Turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. <clears throat> Actually, I told you that story because it does build the sermon today. It helps you understand why I can preach this sermon with certainty and conviction. John chapter 14, you know, the book of John is primarily written about the third and final year of Jesus's ministry on the earth. Matthew, Mark, and Luke tend to focus a little bit more on all three years, but John, by divine providence, spends most of his time talking about that last year. And by the time we get to John chapter 14, it's down to days and weeks. It's not, it's not months left in, in the time of Jesus, it's days and weeks left. And Jesus has been telling them some pretty sobering news. Jesus has been telling them, listen, I'm about to go back to Jerusalem, and they didn't really hang out 
in Jerusalem that much because that was where all the trouble was. They didn't want to go there and fuss and fight with all the religious leaders. So they spent most of their time north of Jerusalem along the uh, Sea of Galilee. Uh, that's a beautiful area of Israel if you ever get to go. And that's where they lived, that's where they fished, that's where their business was. But in the, he said, we're going to go back to Jerusalem. And he said, I'm going to be arrested, I'm going to be falsely accused, and I'm going to die. And it's not going to be good. And all of you will leave me, you're all gonna run from me, you're all going to abandon me. He said, it's going to be the darkest day of your life. And he was telling them this to prepare them. So when we get to John chapter 14, he's really telling them how to respond. The title of this message today is Don't Be Troubled or Afraid. And this is how he starts chapter 14, verse 1, chapter 14. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Now, being afraid is different than being troubled, okay? I want you to write down this word. Troubled means to be distressed, bothered, aggravated is what the meaning of that word is. So uh, distressed, bothered, and aggravated. Now, I just want to pause here just for a moment. I can imagine the disciples were saying to Jesus, if you don't want us to be troubled, stop telling us troubling things. <laughs> you're going to be crucified. You're going to die. You're going to be falsely accused. And stop it. Jesus, if you want our hearts to be settled, don't tell us bad news. Now, here's the problem as your pastor, I wish I could just say, hey, I want you to leave here today and not have a troubled heart. But I know what you're gonna read when you get home. I know what you're going to see on the news tonight and tomorrow and this week. It's not good. I can't, I can't shield you from that. I can't hide you from that. I can't hide myself from it. In fact, I, this week I've been really careful about how much doom scrolling I'm doing. You know what that means? Like scrolling through the doom scrolling, bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news. And it it's, it's does something. The, the algorithms of doom are, are go, coming after all of us. And I'm telling you, be careful of how much of that you allow into your soul. Be careful that you filter that with the grace of the Holy Spirit and ask the Lord for the discernment of truth because there are two groups of people, listen very carefully, I know this to be a fact, all right? There's one group that's giving you information to benefit themselves, in other words, getting you to respond on their behalf, and there are a small group of people, and they're hard to find, but they're out there, that are actually giving you good information for your benefit. That's the people you need to listen to. Do not listen to people who are giving you bad information to benefit themselves, because that's called manipulation. They will manipulate you, and they will cause you to have emotions for their benefit, not yours. So be careful about this, and because if not, you'll look up and your heart will be troubled. And Jesus says, listen, you're going to live in a dark and dangerous world that's unpredictable, and it is unsafe. And Jesus never promised us Disney, right? He never promised that every day would be puppies, rainbows, and butterflies. He said, there will be days when you will find yourself in the valley of the shadow of death, but fear no evil, for I am with you. My rod and my staff, they protect you. All right, so Jesus starts out this conversation with saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. And then he spends the remainder of chapter 14 telling us how. I wanna tell you some good news today. It is possible, New Life Church, to walk in a dark world with an untroubled heart. 
I want to tell you again because I don't think you believe that. <laughs> you can walk through this world today and, and you can know for a fact that your feet are planted on the rock who is Christ Jesus. And when the winds come and the rains beat against your house, it will stand because you have planted your feet and your family, your businesses, your bodies on the right promises, the person who is Christ Jesus. So how do we know that? How can we do that? I'm gonna show you three things today, okay? Number one, the reason that we can walk through this world with an untroubled heart is we're not afraid because we know the way. More importantly, we know the one who is the way. Let me read this to you, okay? This is verse six. Remember, verse one says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Then he says this in verse six. I am the way. Somebody say amen if you believe that. I am the truth. Say that. If you believe that, say amen. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, I'm going to give you some good news this morning. Nothing that has happened on the planet in the last month has surprised God or caught them off guard. Father, Son, Holy Spirit has seen this whole thing unfolding. Well before us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit have not lost control of this thing. I want, you to, I want to give you some good news. Christ is still seated at the right hand of the Father. Christ is still King. Christ is coming again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. When it's all said and done, hold your applause because it gets a lot better. When it's all said and done, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Christ is King, Christ is Lord of all. Listen, I got good news for you. Jesus is still the way, Jesus is still the truth, and Jesus is still giving out life to all those who will believe him. He knows this. He's still pointing us in the right direction. Listen, this is why right now it's more important to fix your eyes on Christ, on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. In other words, when he says fix your eyes, it means you have to make a determination that I'm going to think and talk and act and smell and follow Jesus every single day. Christ is Lord of my life today. I declare that. As for me in my house, Christ is still Lord of our lives. And there's nothing out there, there's no event that can happen to change that reality for me. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean I'm supposed to insulate myself, holy huddle until Jesus returns? No. It means that I walk out into this world with salt and light with an untroubled heart, with a steady and steadfast heart, able to deliver good news. Why can I tell people good news? Because I'm living with good news. I can tell people about good news because I'm living with good news. When I, was a, when I was a kid, I was about seven or eight years old, and my, my dad was a, a hunter, an outdoorsman, but he was a terrible camper. And I think that's why I've never really gotten excited about camping, because you know when the settlers came out here, the first thing they did was build a house. They didn't stay in tents, and, and for a reason. And if you like camping, God bless you. I just never have gotten into it. And I think it's because I had terrible experiences growing up with camping. My dad took us on this camping trip and he drove us deep into the woods, 
past the banjo music, deep into the woods. Some of y'all know that movie, all right. We're, we're way out in the middle of nowhere and we have a tent that leaks. I mean, it's not even airtight. And you know, back then you didn't have a phone where you had a radar screen on your phone. Right now, I can, you can all pull up your phones and like you are a weatherman right now. You can tell where the clouds are. You can tell every, you didn't have that. If you did not watch the 10 o'clock news the night before, you didn't know what the weather was going to be that day. So we're out in the middle of the woods and we, we go to bed and the most horrific thunderstorm hits our campsite. I mean, thunder and lightning. We're camping out under trees beside a river. The river starts rising, it starts flooding, lightning is striking everywhere and my dad in his great wisdom discerns that it's time to get home. <laughs> so he says, Everybody put everything in the back of the truck. We didn't organize anything. We were just grabbing stuff and throwing it. It wasn't ours anyway, and it was cheap anyway. So we threw it all in the back of the truck. I remember 2 a.m., traumatized by being awakened in the middle of the night by a thunderstorm and running for our lives. And my dad is driving. And I said, Dad, where are we? Or do you know, do you know how to get home? And he goes, son, I was raised in these woods. I know exactly how to get home. Now listen, here's the reason I'm telling you that story. You, you, you may have woken up in a storm this morning. You may wonder, does God really know what he's doing? Listen, this is not the first time that God has carried a good group of people through chaos. And that's why when you read these Bibles, that's why the scriptures are so important. Open up your Bible and read the hundreds of times that God found his people in the middle of chaos and he was able to safely deliver them home. New Life Church, the reason I don't live with a troubled heart today is I know my way home and I know who's in charge. Jesus is leading us home. Somebody say amen. amen. Here's the second thing, go to verse 12. We're not afraid, we can live today with untroubled hearts because we believe that God hears us. He hears us. Now listen to this, verse 12. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name. I wanna stop here just for a moment. Have you today, since you, awoke, since you woke up this morning, have you asked God to do anything in his name? This needs to be a regular habit for every person that's following Jesus. You need to wake up every morning and ask him to do something in Jesus' name. Already this morning, now why do we pray in Jesus' name? Because if we pray in Jesus' name, then we're praying according to his will. And if we pray in his name, according to his will, I'm gonna read this to you in just a moment, he will do it. So I woke up this morning, I didn't say, Father in heaven, I wanna be rich and skinny. <laughs> Cause I'm neither. <laughs> so I woke up this morning saying, Father in heaven, I know you love the people at New Life, would you be present with us today? Would you allow every heart and mind to hear the good news of the gospel today? Would you, Lord, would you come among the people and strengthen them today? Would you heal marriages today? If there are sick people in the room, would you bring healing to their bodies today? Father, if there are people walking through periods of anxiety, 
shame and doubt, would you meet with them today and comfort their souls? You see, I know God wants to do that. So I'm asking him in his name to do the things that he already wants to do. But he wants us to talk to him. He wants us to engage with him. And I don't know if I believe all this, but I believe most of this. You know, I don't really believe in the power of prayer. I believe in the power of God. I believe in God's power and my prayers, even though they can be inconsistent, sometimes they don't make sense. Maybe they are muttering. I know that I'm praying to a powerful God that hears my voice. He said, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that my father may be glorified in the son. Look at verse 14. You may ask me for anything in my name. Now again, the assumption here is if you're praying according to his name, you're praying according to his will. Ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now this next, this verse 18 is, catches people off guard. And most people wonder, it seems like he changes the subject, but he's not. I will not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. Leave that up just for a moment. Now he's talking about prayer, right? Ask anything in my name according to my will and I will do it. And then he says, I'm not gonna leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. Several years ago when the, the communist wall was being brought down around Romania, when Romania was being set free from the bondage of communism, the world opened up to Romania and people began flooding into that. Once, that country was once cut off from the world and now people could go. And Romania had a, a huge problem with orphans. I mean, they had children by the thousands in these state-run orphanages because of the, of the war and the violence and the, just the neglect of families. The Romanian orphanages were full. And my friend heard this story and went to an orphanage in Romania, got off the plane, they drove him out to the orphanage and he said he, he came into the first room and it was dead quiet. As quiet as it was right then. And my friend says, what, how many kids are living here? How many babies are here? They said a few hundred babies live here. He said, well, wh why, why are they not crying? I can't, why, wh where's the, I don't hear them. And the lady who ran the orphanage looked at him and said, these babies stopped crying a long time ago because no one would come. So they learned that their crying would not cause anybody to come. So they don't cry anymore. You see, that's the essence of the orphan heart. This is the essence of being, the, the, the damaging power of orf, being an orphan is this. You grow up believing that nobody is defending your cause that you're in this on your own. Nobody's coming to help, so you stop crying. You stop crying out for help. You stop asking for help. Now why did Jesus say, ask anything according to my name, I will give it, ask, ask, talk to me, talk to me, I will come to you, talk to me. Because he wanted to make sure that we never live our lives like orphans. You're not an orphan. You've been called by God. You are sons and daughters adopted into his glorious family. He has sealed you with the Holy Spirit and given you his name. You belong to him and he wants to hear from you. When you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. He hears your voice. Never doubt that another second. Listen, he wants you to ask for bold things, not just common things, bold things. Ask for things. That's why I'm standing in front of you. 
asking, Lord, in your name, according to your will, would you release this church from debt by the generosity of its people? Father, would you give us vision and boldness for the future that you have for us? I'm asking the Lord for bold things. And when we are afraid, what happens when the world starts falling apart, when the world starts looking dangerous, we tend to retreat to safe places. And we all have a safe place, hopefully. And I'm, I'm, I'm not against safety, I'm pro-safety. It's just not the place that you could live all the time. You, you have to take risk for the kingdom of God. You have to step out, and that's why it's called faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things, what, not seen. Well, that sounds risky to me. It is risky. It is bold. It does require faith. But we need to ask. New Life Church, I want you to raise your voice in prayer this week. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the innocents in Gaza. Pray for the war in Ukraine to come to an end. Pray for the safety of our nation. Pray, pray bold prayers because it's his will and in his name. And he says, if you'll pray it, I'll do it. Amen? Here's the third thing. The third reason why I can, all of us can walk through this world without a, with an untroubled heart, we're not afraid because we've been given a glorious gift. Let me read it to you, this gift. You may not know you have this gift, but you've been given a gift, and it's glorious. John 14, verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. And I don't know if you're catching this today, but Jesus, he walked to that cross with an untroubled heart. Jesus cries out on the cross, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? But it was not out of, that's not an anxious heart crying out. Jesus knew what he was doing and he knew where he was going and he knew the price that he was going to pray for the salvation of all mankind. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. And I do not give to you as the world gives it. Now, you, you know that anxiety is at an all-time high right now, anti-Semitism at all-time high, anger, violence, murder, all-time high around the world right now. Why? Because people are looking for the source of peace that does not exist. The peace of the world is fragile, it's elusive, and it's dependent on present circumstances. And I don't know if you've been paying attention, but present circumstances do not look peaceful to me. And people, if you're looking for peace out there, if you're trying to gather some peace from the world outside of here, it's not there. So what we're left with is our fear, our anxiety, our worries, our doubts, our anger. But the peace of Jesus is internal. It's been given to me from Jesus, so it can't be taken to me by anyone else. If Jesus gives you peace, then no one else can take it from you unless you give it to them. It's internal, it's unshakable, it's not dependent on present circumstances. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he is there. His peace is there. And the reason the world or people cannot give you peace is because the world and people are not really in charge. This peace I'm talking to you about, I've wrestled to the ground. And I've been wondering, I've been waiting to tell you a story that I've never told you. And part of it is that I don't come up here with unresolved issues to tell you about. In other words, if I'm wrestling with something, I'm not gonna air it out in front of you. I, that's unfair to you, number one. 
I have people that I'm wrestling it with. I have people that are walking with me. So when I get up here and tell you about a problem, it's something that I've walked through with the Holy Spirit, with counsel, with guidance, with my people who love me, with Pam and I, my family, I've walked it out, I've gotten to the other side. And this is a story I wanna tell you, and it's happened about six years ago. As you know, I, I was born with a congenital heart defect called Tetralogy of Fallot, named after a French doctor, Fallot, who found this, this abnormality. Several children were born with their, their, their hearts are not working properly. And I was one of those kids, I, I've told you that story, I, I, I was miraculously saved by a surgeon who was willing to take risk and do open heart surgeries on babies, a guy named Denton Cooley. Uh, eight surgeries that day, six children died, me and a girl from Romania, by the way, are the only two girls, or the, the only two guys, I'm a guy, but the only two kids that survived. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a man. The, um, now I've all messed up. Now I gotta go back, all right? <laughs> but, so I've had three major heart surgeries uh, growing up, three open heart surgeries. One, my last one in 2011, where I had my pulmonary valve replaced. Well, in 2011, one of the problems with being a congenital heart patient and having multiple surgeries is your heart develops scar tissue, which causes electrical malfunctions. One of them being a tachycardia uh, type of function, which it can be fatal. So in 2011, they did some tests on me and said, Brady, you are definitely a candidate to have a tachycardia episode, which means you could just be going about your normal life and drop dead. We're having these guys just drop dead. Well, I said, well, I don't want that. Is there another option? They said, yes, we can put a defibrillator in your body, which is a medical device right there, and it will be wired to your heart, and if you ever go into a tachycardia episode, it'll shock you, and your heart will come back into rhythm. I said, I vote for that hoping it will never fire. So I had it in my body for four or five years and I was in Florida on vacation and woke up one morning feeling kind of weird and all of a sudden, pow! And it's, got, it's like getting kicked in the chest by a mule. But I, it saved my life. So I went back to the doctor and they said, yes, you have some more scar tissue. It's called an ablation procedure is what they call it. They go in and clean off the scar tissue and allow those electrical currents to keep going and firing in your heart. And I thought, good, I'll never, that'll never happen again. But a year later, I was walking through the Dallas-Fort Worth airport. This is about five or six years ago. Walking through the Dallas-Fort Worth airport, on the way to Florida again, which by the way, so I'm never going back to Florida, ever. <laughs> you know, it's Florida, Florida's the problem. So I was walking through the Dallas-Fort Worth airport and the Dallas-Fort Worth airport started spinning. And I, I knew something was wrong and all of a sudden, the defibrillator fired again, pow! Right in the, I thought I was gonna pass out. I leaned up, it knocked me against the wall. I, I came home, more procedures, and that was five years ago. I, I know what it, when I tell you, I know what it feels like to live with a troubled heart. I'm talking literally and figuratively to you. When I tell you I know what it feels like to wonder if you're gonna drop dead, I know what fear feels like. I know, what it, I know what it feels like to be unsettled. This is not just some cute message I'm preaching to you today. I'm, I'm sharing something with you that I've had to walk out with, with strength and people around me. And here I am six years later, it has not fired on me in five or six years now. If I'm up here preaching one day and it fires and hits me, that's not the Holy Spirit. It, it, so, you know, revivals have broken out for less than that. 
I just want you to know that I have wrestled this to the ground. I don't live with any anxiety about it anymore. I don't live with any fear about it anymore. I go to bed at night and, you know, I, I, I sleep with great peace. But it's not because I haven't wrestled with it. And I know you're here, some of you are here today, and you're, you're still wrestling with it. So I'm not telling you, listen, I'm not telling you this story because I want your sympathy. I really don't. I appreciate your prayers. I'm telling you this because I'm giving you my empathy. I don't want your sympathy. I'm giving you empathy. I know what it feels like. And I want to pray over you today. The same prayer that I prayed over myself, I'm going to pray over you. So that if you ever find yourself with a troubled heart, that you'll know how to walk it out. He is the way. He speaks to you. He wants to hear your voice. And he has given you this gift of peace. So that no, matter, no matter where you find yourself, what path you're walking on, you can walk to the end. You can finish the race that is marked out for you and you can do it all with an untroubled heart. Let me read this final passage, verse 27. Remember all that we said. Verse one says, do not let your hearts be troubled. In verse 27, it says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Can you stand with me this morning? Let me pray over you, pray with you, for you. Oftentimes when I find myself kind of inching back toward those fears and anxiety, I'll just turn my hands toward the Lord like this. And I'm gonna invite you to do that with me. You know, Pastor Reddy, why are we doing that? Because it reminds me I'm, 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 I'm a child. I'm not childish, but the Lord calls us to be childlike. Not childish, not immature, but it's, a, it's an act of humility to come before the Lord and say, Father in heaven, give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. I, I, I trust you today with my life, with my future, with my home, with my marriage. And I will not let my heart be troubled. And I will not be afraid. Not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord. So we come before the glorious Father in heaven. And Jesus is sitting right next to you. And we ask today, we make our appeals to heaven today that you would come and dwell among your people here on the earth, here at New Life Church, in this room, those watching online. Would you pour out your spirit upon us today? And by your strength, by your anointing, would you let our hearts not be troubled and help our hearts to not be afraid? And I pray today against any anxiety, unnecessary fear that has gripped us. Father, I pray today, the day is the day for bold prayers. So Father, we pray today for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for the cessation of violence in Gaza. We pray today for the cessation of violence in Ukraine. We pray for the protection of the saints around the world. We ask, oh Lord, that you would intervene. You are the Prince of Peace. And we ask that the Prince of Peace would come. Come now in Jesus' name. And we ask this in your name and according to your will. And you said if we would ask, you would do it. And we believe that you're doing it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. I want those of you who serve at the Lord's table to come. This is, what a great Sunday to come to the table of the Lord. 
Where we, when you're, and you, in just a moment, you're going to be asked to step out and walk. And you, people ask me, Pastor Brady, why do you want us to walk forward? Because I think there's something powerful about a physical response to what you've heard. You've heard about this Jesus who came for you, a Jesus who pursued you. And now our response is to come near him. And we take that step out. We step toward the table to take the bread and the cup as a response of faith. So the ushers will give you instructions, take the bread, take the cup, go back to where you're seated right now. And in just a moment, Pastor Daniel will come and lead us to the table of the Lord. Come, come to the table.
Before we receive communion, I want to create a little moment here, and I might get in trouble for this. If I get fired, it's been a great run, but I'm going to do it. We need to pray for Brady Boyd today. When I was in the back of that police car with him 16 years ago, the first thing he said to me, we'd known each other 100 days, and he leaned over to me. He said, so I guess all the easy jobs were taken. We needed to laugh for a minute because we you're going to either laugh or cry, and Brady gave us courage in that moment. But this guy and his wife and his kids for 16 years took on a story they didn't deserve, but they were willing to serve. And so would you stretch your hands out to the Boyds today and just, Bull, would you lay hands on him? Lord, we speak life, 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 and blessing over Brady Boyd, Pam, Abram, and Callie. We thank you, Lord, for this family. We thank you for this family. And Lord, I thank you that every sacrifice they have made will be returned to them a hundredfold. You know what they need, Lord. You know the cry of their heart. You know the desire that you've put in them. We pray that you would answer their prayers. We pray that you would strengthen them and bless them. We pray for long and full life. Lord, we thank you Brady's gonna be an awesome grandpa, an awesome great grandpa, that he's gonna be an old man around here looking at what the Lord has done. And Lord, thank you for this family. We speak the blessing of heaven. Pour out your spirit on them in fresh measure. We pray for vigor and vitality and energy and strength for the long road ahead. And we as a church, they have blessed us all these years. We say blessing. I want you church to begin to speak blessing. Peace, life, shalom. God's favor, God's provision. Go ahead right now. Lord, we, we release that over them today and we pray that they would hear today, well done, good and faithful. God has seen every sacrifice. God has heard, they've been there every sleepless night. Lord, bless them, bless them, bless them, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Can we give God thanks for them today? I realize you got bread in your hands and it's hard to clap, all right? Could you take the bread right now and hold it? Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. I do not give it as the world gives it to you. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And so in Jesus' name today, I rebuke fear and I cast it out. In Jesus' name today, I release peace over you. In Jesus' name, I pronounce sweet sleep in your homes. In Jesus' name, I, I, I release laughter and joy. May the joy of the Lord be your strength. And may you bounce around the globe and do the work God has called you to do. In the midst of the trouble, I pray that you would live with faith and with vitality. Lord Jesus Christ, give it to us again today. Friends, you may receive the bread. took the cup. 
And he said, this cup is the new covenant given in my blood. And it's given for the remission of your sins. And as often as you do this, remember me. Friends, God is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? He does not count our sins against you. The psalmist said, if, oh God, you kept a record of sins, who could stand? But today your sin is separated from you as far as the east is from the west. It's been buried in the sea of forgetfulness. You are clean because of the work of Jesus Christ. Friends, drink up to your forgiveness. Let's worship the Lord together.
Can we create one more moment here as I speak the blessing over you today? If you're with, I see parents with kids. Could you lay your hands on your kids? I see some older kids. Parents, lay your hands on your older kids. I see you Carlsons right there. Maybe you're with a spouse. Maybe you're with a friend that you came with. Maybe you're just sitting in the row with someone that looks decently normal, okay? Can we create a moment here to, to just not be alone? Could you, could you lay your hand on their shoulder? Could you hold their hand? Could you? We're not alone today. Maybe some of you just want to lay your hand on your heart, but right now I pray, may the Lord our God, may he bless you. May he keep you. May he bless you. Your health, your friendships, your family, your work, your sleep at night, your body. May the Lord our God bless you and may he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. And may he be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his bright smiling countenance upon you and all of your people and may he grant you his shalom today. We release the shalom of heaven in all of our lives, in all of our homes, in all of our stories. And I pray may he grant you peace in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said. Can we give God thanks for what he's done here today? What a morning, what a morning. Couple things, our prayer team is coming down front. If you want extended prayer about any issue, we would love to agree with you. If you're new, come see us at Connect Central in the lobby. Go from here in God's grace and peace. Much love.